Last week, I shared my ideas about inflation, not as an economist, but as a storage person. This week, I'd like to talk about what I see in the economic landscape in the upcoming year or two and how that may impact our storage business and the moves we're going to make in self-storage. My name is Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage, and I'm the creator of the Quick Start Academy, which houses the on-demand self-storage boot camp. That's the premier training that I offer that will take you from wherever you are now all the way to putting your first or your next self-storage facility into service given the economic landscape that we find ourselves in. You can find out more about it at creatingwealththroughselfstorage.com. I also suggested that we put aside whatever political views and political leanings we may have because that colors what we see, how we interpret what we see, and literally gives us our reality. Ultimately, I know it's impossible to completely put everything aside, but I invite you to the best of your ability to, as much as you can, put aside your political leanings, whether they be left or right, and see the economic data, not how it either supports or goes against what you believe, but like what's there, what's happening now, and what's the root causes of it, and how is that gonna, what is that going to create in the next upcoming year or two? If we can do that, my experience is we begin to see things a little bit differently and we might see different patterns, different opportunities, different moves on the board that we may not have otherwise seen. And I may just be full of it too, who knows? But I'm gonna pontificate anyway. So. If you're interested in the root causes of what I perceive as the root causes of inflation based on the data I've seen, not on the news and not on what people are saying, but just on data I can find, you can look at last week's episode. And the reason I did that is not to like make predictions or show you how smart or dumb I am, but it is because I'm trying for myself to get at what are the root causes of inflation so that I can actually determine in my own mind if inflation's going to be put under control or not. So last week was about inflation. Let's look at the economic landscape now. So if inflation is the train barreling down the track, the economic landscape is what surrounds the track right now. And it's a mixed bag from what I can see. Credit is tightening up, banks are concerned, scared even. And when banks get concerned or scared, credit tightens up. So I'm seeing credit tighten up. In 2022, consumer confidence was down to 66%. It rose slightly in January 2023, but my, I haven't seen live data yet, but I suspect it has gone down again as the Fed indicates that it's going to continue to most likely raise interest interest rates. And although consumer savings are higher 
than they have historically been. They are less. They've gone down in the past quarter. I guess that's due to inflation. Now, real income is actually up. I suspect inflation and worker shortages have a lot to do with that. And real household net worth is high. It's not historically high, but it's almost as high as it's ever been. Now, usually home values and stocks, the stock market has a lot to do with household net worth. So we may be seeing that change some. And unemployment is still very low, very low. We talked about that last week. So you've got a mixed bag. Some of what I see out there points towards economic downturn and recession. Some doesn't. I don't know of a recession that's happened with historically low unemployment. I don't know of a recession that's happened when wages are going up and there's more jobs to fill than people to fill them. So in many ways, we're kind of in uncharted territory. If you laid out a T-square and did for recession and against recession, on the four side, you would have tightening consumer credit, inflation, lower confidence in the economy, consumer confidence. If you were doing it against recession, there's still strong demand for goods and services. Consumer spending is up and rising wages. So which way is the pendulum going to swing? Is it going to swing towards a downturn or is it going to swing towards a soft landing? Well, let me share with you my ideas. I think one of the biggest concerns I have is the Fed's declared goal of getting inflation down to 2%. And here's why I'm concerned about that. Because the reality is the Federal Reserve does not have very many tools at its disposal. One of the only tool it has really is raising interest rates. And as we talked about last week, as we looked at some of the root sources of inflation, one of them is energy costs. And yes, now I know energy costs of gasoline prices have come down a little bit, but energy costs are going to remain high. And, and here's why. Unlike other goods and services, when the price of something rises, usually what happens is more production is commenced so that you can meet the increased demand and eventually prices will come back down again. You can't do that with fossil fuels. If the oil companies took every cent of the profit they earned last year and they put it into increased production, it would be seven years before the consumer would see that increased production. That's how long it would take to ramp it back up. They're at peak capacity right now in terms of production and our oil supplies are very low right now.
So I see energy costs continue, you know, staying high and continuing to rise. And energy costs have a lot to do with inflation. You know, the price of eggs, the price of bread, the price of everything, you know, usually transportation's involved in it, and energy costs are high. And oil companies can read the writing on the wall like everyone else. You know, the, you know, they may not, they will not say it publicly or they might not say it publicly, but they're putting a lot of investment dollars into renewable energy right now. The days of fossil fuels are numbered. Everyone knows this, including the oil companies. So they're not gonna do long-term capital investment in an asset in the production of a product that has a limited shelf life. They will not get a return or much of a return on that capital. Oil companies know that's the future. I mean, right now, Norway, for example, gets 99% of its energy from renewable sources. The U.S. is at 20% right now and is growing. Do you think Ford... GM, who've invested all this money in the development of electric cars, you think all of a sudden when gas prices drop, they're going to like pivot and go back to uh, combustion engines? No, the future's pretty well written. And that's what's going to keep energy costs high, in my opinion, thus making the ability for the Fed to achieve its 2% inflation goal, I think it's going to be really kind of hard to head. So what will happen? My guess is the Fed's going to continue raising interest rates. And it's going to raise interest rates till there is some pain happening in the economy. Full-blown recession? Maybe. But definitely a downturn. I think we'll see real estate development slow down or stop. I think we'll see larger companies not making capital expenditures. And I think we will start seeing a slowdown in the hiring and maybe even some companies laying people off because no one's less people are buying their goods or services. I think it's, we're going to have those interest rates because the Fed doesn't have much. I mean, it's like having a headache and then hitting your kid over the head with a hammer to deal with the headache. That the, all the Fed can do is raise interest rates. There's not a lot of subtle adjustment that they have that they can, there's not a lot of dials and levers they have to deal with inflation. I'm pretty clear, I'm, I'm very clear that our 40 year run of low interest rates are over. Now what will happen? We'll have two or three more interest rate hikes maybe even more and eventually there's going to start being some pain in the economy and then slowly the interest rates will come back down
Now, they will never, in my opinion, get to where they were over the last 40 years. I think what's going to happen is we're going to end up landing in the five to mid sixes. That will be the landing place for the interest rates. Who knows how high they can get? I remember when I first got in real estate, interest rates were 17%. Will they get that high? Probably not. But I think they're going to go, I think prime rate's going to go higher than seven and a half. Now, that's what I see is this inflation trains barreling down the track. That's kind of the landscape I see unfolding in front of this train. Now, how does that affect self-storage? Well, first of all, let me just say there's opportunities in every type of of economic swing there is. In fact, historically, more wealth is created in downturns than when everything's rolling. More long-term generational wealth can be created in the downturns. There's always opportunities. Now, nothing I tell you I'm seeing in the future is guaranteed. There's probably a lot of holes in my theories. I'm not an economist. There's people who know a lot more than me. But just on my own research, this is what I'm seeing. So how does that affect our storage moves? First of all, storage has historically done well in recessionary times or downturns in the economy. I think overall, in this w upcoming downturn, whenever it hits, whether it's a recession or just a downturn, I think storage overall is going to do well. However, I do think there's going to be some trade areas and markets that are really decimated. Um, we've never gone into an economic downturn with this much inventory in the market. And there's some markets where the current oversupply has reduced rental real rate, real income rates, 10, 20, 30 percent. Add inflation on that, some markets could go, could really be hit. Income could really tumble. So as you're looking at opportunities, no matter what kind of opportunity it is, it's never, it's always important, but I don't think it's ever been more important now than to look at the trade area, the supply and the pipeline in that particular trade area. So if right now, if I'm looking at a market area and the rental rates are, let's say, $15 for uh, climate control on average, I'm knocking that down 10 or 15% of my performa just to cover my tail in my underwriting today. Some markets has gone down even more. But on average, that's what I'm doing right now is as I'm underwriting. Because when the, when the downturn hits, rates will come down, in my opinion. I'm very hesitant to do large construction ground-up construction projects, self-storage construction projects. I'm not saying I won't do it, but uh, I'm quick to walk and slow to act right now. And I would only consider them in markets where the population growth is 
you know, really huge. And, and rental rates are high and supply is low. So by definition, there's, that eliminates a lot of markets. You're starting to see a lot of development opportunities and C of O projects for sale. I mean, I see three or four daily in my inbox, if not more. These are projects that were underwritten a year or more ago when interest rates were at one point and, and rental occupancy was high and rental rates were high. Now it might have come down a little bit and interest rates have gone up and either their bank financing or their equity is scared or drying up. And right now we're seeing a lot of those hit the market. Now most of them I'm seeing hitting the market the developers still make marketing it at a price that will give them a profit. Give them a profit on the work they've done and the entitlement they've done. People should get a profit for their work. However, as I do the numbers on them, not a lot of them, some of them do, but not a lot of them pencil out yet. I think as we get closer or start moving into the actual downturn that's going to happen, I think those prices will come down considerably. Right now, we don't see much distressed self-storage hit the market. I actually think that's going to change. I actually think we're going to see some stuff hit the market that is distressed. They couldn't lease it up and they ran out of money. They didn't hit their, their lease up performa goal and they're out of money or the bank is telling them to sell or their partners are telling them to sell. I was at a recent real estate convention, not for self storage, for another type of asset class, but I heard a very interesting statistic and I just heard it. I didn't. I wasn't able to research it and back it up. And I don't know where the number came from. But one person in the CMBS market, the, you know, these are that's a permanent loan type financing product. But told me that today, coming up in the next 24 months, up to 25% of the CMBS loans that are rolling that are going to be refinanced again, up to 25% of them won't qualify at the same underwriting criteria that was used when the original loans went into place. Now, if you think about that, that's an astounding stat that 25% of the rolling CMBS loans won't underwrite using the same loan criteria. And if you translate that onto banks, what that means, if, if, if that's transferable, which to some degree it probably is, that means that bank loans that were written between, let's say, 2016 and 2018, people who had a three, five, or your call on their loan where you got to refinance it, those loans are going to become rolling around and they won't hit the same debt coverage ratio. Public storage told me that 
in their world, values for self-storage have gone down 30% already with the increased interest rates and cap rates going up. So if the assets are worth less, a lot of people are going to, banks are going to say, you've got to put, somebody's got to put some cash in here to hit the, get the equity higher so that we can hit the right debt coverage ratio. And a asset, a storage asset that where the owner may have never missed a payment and it's cash flowing great, all of a sudden that owner may have to put 250, 300,000 into the project and many of them just don't have it. So they're going to sell. And they're going to have to sell it at a price that a bank will put a loan on it and get the right 1.2, 1.25 debt coverage ratio. So I think you're going to start seeing you know, midway through the year or towards the end of the year, a lot of those products hit the market. And as you can guess, I'm always bullish on expansions and conversions, even more so today. Why? Because in expansions, I'm not going ground up. I'm not a year or two before I once I buy the land to when I start getting income. I've got income coming in and I'm putting up you know, small amounts, 25, 35, 40,000 square feet, as opposed to 80, 90, 100,000 square feet. And I've got income coming in to help or to service my debt while I do the construction and the lease up. I've underwritten it with lower, in, with lower rental rates than are currently happening now. And I've got income to come in and help me service it. I have a lot longer stay in power. Same thing with conversions. With conversions, we typically get income from another use on the building while we're dry, while we're building and leasing out our self storage, and then we expand into that other use type product. Almost every expansion I've done, I've had income coming in from warehouse, parking in the building, retail in the building, another use paying me rent while we're doing our construction. I'm even more bullish on expansions and conversions today. Today, we're still having to do value-add plays. Cap rates, even though they've gone up, even though you're seeing, you know, six and a half to seven and point two, seven point two five cap rates in a lot of listings. I still see the five point four cap rates. The cap rates are still lower than the interest rates. So we're still having to do value add plays, even at a seven cap today. Now maybe that will change. Keep your eye open for that. Also, if at all possible, during our uh, construction phase, we're, we're trying to float the interest rate. In other words, most of the time, the interest-only portion during a construction period or 24, 36 months, depending on what kind of loan you get, that's almost always indexed to prime. So usually you got a quarter or a half over prime. We're trying to let that float right now. Why? Well, because even though it's probably going to ratchet up a little bit, I think once the downturn happens, 
those it's going to start ratcheting down again and we don't we don't want to lock an interest rate in for five years or even three years right now unless I have to and and the reason is we'll try to negotiate with the bank when our amortization hits that's the time we would like to begin to have the conversation on locking our loan in the other thing is during the interest only period almost every loan is indexed to prime rate but when the amortization starts very often not every lender and not every borrower but very often we're able to negotiate with the bank to have that interest rate be indexed to something other than prime rate like the five-year or the seven-year treasury note usually lower than the prime rate so that's what I'm seeing and those are the moves we're attempting to make with our yeah, I'm not a big time player, but that's the those are the type moves we're attempting to make in the direction we're going based on what I see in the future, the next 12, 24, 36 months into the future of our economy. Now, I'm sharing all this not to show you how dumb I am or how smart I may be or try to see if my predictions are right. The reason I'm sharing all this is the process is we try, I, I do my best to just get raw information. Look it up on the internet. Go to the Fred charts. Look at raw data try to piece it together and make a story out of it, a narrative out of it. Try to keep that narrative as distant from my political leanings as I can. It's impossible, but I do my best. And then from that narrative, I draw a picture of what I see happening in the future so that I can make moves today, anticipating what I see coming down the road. That's the process as business owners I think we need to take. So I, I invite you not to agree with me, but to engage in that process yourself if you're not already doing so. The world is not black or white, right or wrong. Both sides of the political spectrum, both, you know, whether you're economically conservative or not, has something right with what they see and something wrong. In the end, the economy doesn't care what I think. It just keeps chugging along. There's opportunity in every phase of an economic cycle. But as business owners and as storage developers, we need to be present to what we see happening and make our moves accordingly. I just shared with you some of our moves. Thanks a lot. I look forward to being with you next week and I will see you then.